the Bitterfly Podcast. Knowledge is food, bitches. Eat up. Hey everyone, welcome to the Butterfly Podcast. Today I'm talking to my friend Erin Cedarland about codependency. So it's a little bit of a departure from the fun masturbation conversation, but it's just as important. So welcome, Erin. Thank you for having me, Emily. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> just thinking about how to describe him, and I was like going to say that we just met on a street corner. Or something, and I was talking about codependence, and he was like, "Yeah, I know about that." So, Aaron, welcome. What is codependency for the folks that might not have like heard this word? Codependency, I think, is it's like an unhealthy view of oneself and other people. It's like a distortion where a person places an unhealthy amount of importance for their own self worth on other people. And there's this reliance that downplays one's own abilities or their own strengths and capabilities to take care of themselves or just live in this world and basically getting their own needs met through other people as seeing the main or even sometimes the only source. And it's not just a lot of people kind of see codependency as there's the classic example of an alcoholic and with the codependent partner who's caretaking and enabling enabling yeah yeah but it's much more than that it's not just the seen as the person who is um, basically living their life for someone else who can't take care of themselves it's not just exclusive to a romantic relationship it shows up in relationships with work with your boss with family especially friends anywhere really it's all-encompassing what are some attributes of a codependent person like if you could get more specific i think that was like a good general explanation but how do i know if i am experiencing codependency in my own life uh, i think a big word that comes up a lot with codependency is boundaries which is basically knowing what you are okay with and not okay with if someone is say if you're not a physically touchy person and someone keeps trying to give you a hug and you say I, I don't like that could you stop or when you do this it makes me feel eh. like that's that's more of a healthy response of setting a boundary you're letting that person know how you feel about it you're not putting up a wall per se where the person comes up and hugs you and you just shove them you're using your words you're letting them know but then on the flip side you're not just letting it happen um, even though you know you don't like it so I would say that if there's situations where you're denying yourself your own boundaries where you know things you're not okay with, um, like I use the example of like physical touch just now, and you're complying with that and allowing other people to do what they want and you don't have a say in it or you don't know how to go about that. You know, like there's the fear of that person's rejection. So I would say that's like one really big example is just boundaries in general. Codependents really struggle with asserting themselves in situations where basically it's their place to do it no one else is going to tell them step in and say hey they don't they don't like to be hugged can you can you not do that like it's yeah you gotta, that's like a situation where you gotta stand up for yourself like nobody else is gonna say that for you right okay well i guess let's talk about the different kinds of boundaries right because like i can have my own internal boundaries like with myself mm-hmm 
which are my mental and emotional self-regulation, mental needs, my physical needs, like I'm hungry or I'm sad or even like time management or impulse control. Like I'm feeling angry, but I'm deciding not to like give into that feeling there. Keep your thinking, feeling and behavior functional. Those are important, but it seems like codependents really struggle with like external boundaries, which is like what you set up with other people and like what you determine is okay and how you communicate what is okay with you and what's not. Right. Yeah. It's the, it's where, what is okay and not okay with other people? Like one, for instance, um, I can think of is phone calls. Some people it's, they don't like being on the phone for a long period of time. If they're talking to someone who just loves to yak on the phone, like, oh, I don't, I don't want to tell them to stop because that means that there could be repercussions. They might not like hearing me say no or that I'm done, but having a limit and saying, well, I do need to stop this phone call because I need to go run this errand or I need to do these other things if there's other obligations, but these other people are getting in the way of that. Um, So yeah, the, yeah, the external boundaries, yeah, it's more of the actions with other people. A lot of times I think the codependent is mostly out of touch with themselves. They haven't really considered their own needs or wants. And it's really hard typically for people with codependent characteristics to answer those kinds of questions. Like how do they feel about a situation? Like, oh well I don't I don't know. I was always thinking about this other person. That's where the I think the main example of being in a the relationship with the enabler or caretaker with the person with an addiction well I was always thinking about them and their needs and their wants I never had time for myself and so yeah if that is a struggle um, and that's going back into the internal boundaries as well as paying attention to what's really going on inside okay I'm doing this thing and maybe I care about this person but is this too much am I overextending myself do I need to take a break because we all have needs and wants, and it's great to be able to help people. But ultimately, if we can't take care of ourselves, we can't really take care of other people. True. Yeah. Do you think that's, like, built up in childhood? Oh, big time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, does everything go back to childhood? <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, making, you know, it's like mommy or daddy didn't give me whatever the approval that I wanted or needed. Um for whatever reason, those needs weren't met in childhood. Or um, or your parents were like, I know everything that you need. And so you kind of just learned to like live on autopilot where you're maybe like, I don't know what I need because I've already, I've always had somebody else tell me what I need. And so like, you know, when yeah. you move away from your parents, you're like looking for someone else in your life, a romantic partner, a friend or whoever to like meet those needs that you've been conditioned to have unmet. Exactly. Yeah, it's filling in that role. If the role was always my parents or whatever, like you're saying, I'm on autopilot, they're telling me what I need and want, then it's way easier and more comfortable. The familiar aspect of that is finding a partner who is, even though it's unhealthy, finding someone who's going to play that role. Say, this is what you need. This is what you want. Okay, great. I can still stay in this place that I've always been where I haven't had to step out and find out those things for myself and i think that's the that's the tricky part with a lot of this is people feel really comfortable with the way things are if that's how it's always been questioning our motives and our ways and people who we have even considered good friends for a long time i felt like when i first started um 
delving into this stuff, I looked around a lot of friendships and I realized like who was who was draining me essentially and who was I I felt like I was putting on a pedestal or living more for them than myself and getting some kind of approval from them for whatever reason if I was like oh they're so cool or oh they have these kinds of friends and I want to be like that it's just like various examples but it's hard to look at those people that in a way it made me feel good but really in the end it just sort of kept me in a place that was stagnant and cutting off certain people and saying hey this isn't a good thing for me ultimately and but saying no to that is hard and so i think that's that's the trickiest thing is how do we break out of these these patterns and these cycles it takes a lot of work and different ways of thinking and new and unfamiliar experiences and figuring out where your boundaries are yeah, sometimes by trial and error you're like i didn't like that i didn't know i didn't like that until it happened and now i know that that's like one of my boundaries or that's like my line in the sand is like yeah something that happened in a relationship where it made you uncomfortable yeah it didn't make you feel good it took your energy mm-hmm. and gave it to something that was unproductive so sounds like if you're a codependent you might neglect your own needs like alone time or perhaps your morals because you've been like conditioned to believe that your own needs are unimportant you like minimize your own feelings and mm-hmm. constantly second guess yourself like well did it really bother me if this other person like hugging for example like well they really like to hug and i hate it but i care about them so maybe i should let them hug me yeah yeah you're like totally shafting yourself there yeah it's a weird it's like a weird self-loathing in, in some aspects. With like a people-pleasing twist. <laughs> yeah. And, but also like underneath that, I think there's a lot of um, self-importance or being seen as really altruistic. Like, oh, but I'm such a good person. I'm helping this person that they wouldn't be able to get their own help or help themselves. And I'm so moral for sacrificing my time for them. It's like, but are you really helping them? Probably not. Why do you need to have this person be in this position? Because that's the other, I think the dark side is of that is, um, I think if someone sees themselves as, well, this is just who I am. I'm very, I'm a people pleaser. I'm I a help giver. People. I love people. Yes. Yeah. But, but it's like cost? to a fault. You're not helping yourself. Or, and not only that, but in order for this to 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 work, it needs to be around people who are unhealthy because the healthy people don't need the codependent who's doing everything for them. It, that was always, I think, one of the very like, freeing things is also, I think, realizing other people who had codependent traits or characteristics and realizing, and as I gained more of a sense of myself, realizing I, I don't really uh, like that this person is sort of putting me in a box or like I can I can do this myself like I don't you know before it was like oh I guess I do need your help because you're so adamant in helping me but no actually it feels good to help myself and it feels good to care like believe I'm worthy or important enough and so yeah there's there's a lot of different I think there's a lot of different ways it can manifest and look in different people what was really helpful for me was I looked up a list of characteristics of codependency and that was very mind-blowing because there's just so many different aspects to it. And so 
if people were curious about that, I would say like Googling like codependent characteristics and seeing the different ways they can take shape. I like what you said um, about if you are successfully being a codependent, you're probably surrounded by toxic people who need either need their other codependents like yourself or like <laughs> magnetically <laughs> drawn to toxic people that like use you or need you mm-hmm. or yeah, that like that stereotypical like can't help myself person in your life. And I do think like being needed by people makes you feel like important and I mean, we live in a cooperative society, right, where we help each other and we care about each other. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think like codependency is when you're tipping too far on the spectrum of making everybody's needs your own needs. Yeah. And like looking for outside validation from other people to feel like you're a good person. It's almost like helping yourself isn't enough. Like you need to do more than that. Yeah, definitely. It's, It's about, there's a total disconnect with, like the self and the only way I can feel good about myself is through other people or that's kind of the connection of how I think a codependent often finds themselves is through oh did this person laugh at my joke or oh they think I'm oh they, they like me oh it worked everyone thinks I'm a hard worker um rather than oh I know I'm doing a good job and so and I think I'm funny <laughs> yeah or I think I'm funny or, and I love myself <laughs> and I love myself and having enough yeah, having that separation where those people are themselves, they are having their own experience with life, and I am my own person and I'm having my own experience. And um, I think that's where boundaries, why boundaries are hard for codependence is that everything kind of runs together. It's, oh, this person is thinking this. Well, that affects me. And it's like, well, no, it's actually about them. Like they're, <laughs> they're um, like two people can perceive things differently they can have different preferences or experiences and so um, it's always nice though when like two people's needs overlap i think that's like where codependents really thrive is like oh this helps you and me like yeah it's a double win but it's a double win if it doesn't help me it's fine too so. yeah yeah i feel like codependency in like pop culture and stuff is like made out to be like cute um like or endearing yeah endearing or like wow this person really cares about me they've neglected their own needs they're sacrificing like what they want to like make me happy and yeah on my own codependent journey i've realized over the last few years like that's not cute you should have like your own needs always in the front of your mind and that's not to say like be selfish but yeah, sometimes your your needs in a romantic relationship will overlap with another person. And sometimes you got to say, like, no, this doesn't work. But why do you think that's romanticized in, like, pop culture and the media? It's like, I'm not me without you thing. <laughs> it's a great question because it's really prevalent in, I think, a lot of movies, music especially. And I think if there's, there's um, I think even, like, listening to, like, really old like pop music or something like Motown from the 50s or 60s, like all those really lovey-dovey songs. They're all like teenage love, like teeny bopper songs. And it's really like, I love you because I need you and I can't live without you type of thing. And it's really like puppy dog love where it's, it's not mature. It's like a very young, these feelings are, I guess, new and exciting and can be overwhelming. But I think as we get older and we mature a little more, it's like, okay, yes, 
maybe I'm goo goo gaga over this person, but also I'm not, you know, I know that's not sustainable. I can't just like be with someone where <laughs> for the rest of our lives we're looking at each other like teenage lovers, like just giggling the whole time. It's, well, it's like, not like I meet someone new, I drop everyone and everything in my life and like yeah. my whole being becomes about this person. I think there's it's something been romanticized. Yeah. Like it seems so exciting or uh it's novel. It's wow, they must be really special if I'm dropping everything <laughs> for this person. <laughs> I gave up my dreams for you. Yeah, like I how romantic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That whole like two halves make a whole it's toxic. I don't know. Yeah. I, I've never really understood that. Like, I'm not me without you. Yeah. And and it's funny now to have like this label codependency. It's like, that is not healthy. You know, it's like, not... I, I need you to be you regardless of who's in your life. Mm-hmm. You should always stay true to like yourself and your needs and boundaries. Totally. Yeah. It's funny now listening back to 90s R&B songs where I'm like, okay, that's like a super like codependent thing to say right there and i'm like <laughs> i know it's just i know it's just fun kind of music but that the thing is like still it's sending a message that's it, sketchy it's sending a message and i think especially like when we're younger and we're watching like disney movies and listening to this kind of music that is geared towards younger people and that's the kind of love that's being talked about is this really overzealous and just totally sending it right like i need you <laughs> so much oh don't leave I'm, i am nothing without you like well, no actually it's not true like you still have yourself you always have yourself and <laughs> right you'll be, be okay the most important relationship you'll ever have is with yourself so like yeah neglecting yourself for somebody else I mean, we, we see it happen all the time in these same, like, pieces of media that, like, it, it ends tragically, you know, that, like, losing somebody that you need, it, it's, like, the worst thing that could ever possibly happen, you know? But it's not. If you're happy with yourself and content with yourself, it's sad, but it's, like, this. And I think another thing is people, just with this, why it's popular in, I think, pop culture is that it's exciting or dramatic and so the more healthy love if there was a love song that's like "Ooh, baby i respect your boundaries so much (laughs) like you just you would not you wouldn't be like oh yeah that's hot like it's just not sexy they should write music about healthy relationships they should like more mature like no this is actually like a song that's like about consent or boundary (laughs) like it just it would be but for whatever reason, that's not what the people want. That's not selling. So, yeah, I guess we're we have to be more aware of what we're consuming as far as media and going. Hmm. Okay. This sure. is artistic, but it's not like applicable. Like I, I might have been applying it before. You know. Right. And I think one thing about uh, we're talking about media and movies and music and people think, oh, well, that's just you know something I watch or listen to and it's not my life i'm still deciding things i think the fact that we're taking in this um, image or words time and time again and it's like we're conditioning us and normalizing it and so even though we're you know it seems harmless or whatever like oh it's just a song and 
they're just joking or um, it's for entertainment purposes. There still is um, some kind of influence with that. And I think um, as I've more on my codependent journey realized, wow, these things are not healthy. So then when I'm listening or watching something that is like that, I'm like, oh, that's, that's like unappealing. Like, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to see that. I don't want to put that in my brain. I only want to put like good things in my brain. So we kind of talked about how to recognize codependency in yourself, but I mean, do you just want to share like a personal anecdote of like maybe how you recognized or, or where you were like, wait, this is not good oh. feelings that I'm having. And kind of like, how'd you recognize that? And in- yeah. So it was a few years ago. I think, so I was going to, I was going to counseling and therapy for a while and I felt like I had all the pieces figured out like of these behaviors that were making me unhappy and it was people pleasing or not having boundaries with myself, et cetera. Uh, like and, expending all your energy on other people. Yeah. Caring too much what other people thought or having, yeah, it just seemed like I lived and died by other people's opinions or approvals. It's like not a good place to be because if that's my thinking, then it's like, what can I do about it? It's all on the other person. And so I'm sort of at the whim and mercy of other people's yeah. view of me. And I remember going to therapy and ex- sort of explaining this and talking about different things. And I just remember one therapist I had, he would always say like, wow, that's good awareness. And that was like, all I said, I'm like, yeah, but like, how do I do it? And then like, I felt like there was this, we were stuck where he was like, well, you seem to know what's wrong. And I'm like, yes, but how do I what not do this? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, it was really frustrating. And I had a coworker who mentioned codependency a few years ago. And I remember trying to figure this out in therapy. And I looked up the term and it felt like it was the common thread through all these different behaviors and linked everything together. Oh, that's what's going on. And because before when I didn't know that, I was like, oh, well, I guess I guess I have no control in this and this is just how it is. And it's like, well, of course, I don't think I have any control because the codependent is just so wrapped up in other people. And so that sort of set me on the path of reading about it. And it was the more I read from books, people's stories, talking to other people, going back to my therapist and being like, yo, I figured it out. <laughs> My awareness is once again. I have a label now. <laughs> I have a label, and that helped me so much because it really did piece together these things. I had the missing puzzle piece, I guess. And so I think it was just a lot of, I feel like I sort of dodged, like, oh, like, a, what were the specific things? I think the specific things I had were um, just with a lot of people pleasing and putting myself second and thinking that. I like, was, were you just doing a lot of things you didn't want to be doing? Like, you go to a social outing and you're like, why am I even here? Like, I, I someone wanted me yeah. to come, so I did, but I'm personally not enjoying this. Or like, Yeah, anything like that, really. Or, or at work, always being the one where it's like, ooh, I know I shouldn't. Like, being the one who would always take someone's shift. And even at times where it's like, ooh, I probably shouldn't because I have other things going on. Or You wanted to, like, help people? Yeah, and it and but it was to such an extent where I felt like it was kind of constantly running around with my head cut off, trying to be like, "Are you gonna make me feel good?" Are you like, <laughs> like, um, 
basically like making everyone mommy and daddy being like that's so Freudian. Validate, validate me. <laughs> it is really Freudian. Validate me. Yeah. Um, or just being around people where I felt like I didn't really question my own intuition about them. Where I was like, this person's not a very good person to be around. You know, they don't really like how I feel around them. Or they put me down a lot. And, you know, still like, oh, but no, they're so cool. Or I don't know what I'm talking about. And it's kind of. Well, that's part of being a codependent. If, like, you minimize your feelings and you don't recognize, like, if your feelings aren't, like, the drive behind, like, why you do things. If somebody's making you feel bad, you literally can't see it, right? Mm -hmm. Or, like, you internalize it, like, oh, it must be something I'm doing. And Yeah. Basically, I, lo I had a, a very low level of, like, belief in my own intuition and didn't trust it. But as I started to actually listen to my own thoughts and feelings about things and the more I trusted it it always served me and I was like well that's cool so as like time has gone on I feel like there's been times where I've actually listened to myself and like hey okay this isn't right this doesn't feel good when I have listened to that it, it's only helped me and so that's just been really cool and freeing to experience that boundary freedom yeah yeah like physical like how you want to be touched verbal like how do i want to be spoken to and it's not so much being like no don't talk to me that way but like if somebody says something to you that's you know upsetting you like take a step back and realize like it's not about me it's about them mm -hmm. and also i don't have to attach myself to this like comment that doesn't serve me you know or yeah. even material boundaries like i don't like the way that you borrowed something of mine and like didn't mm -hmm. treat it well you know and like i don't have to keep like giving you like right. whatever it is so yeah that's really interesting good to hear i feel like a lot of people don't have the codependent label but they might realize like oh shit i do have like avoidant behaviors of my own emotions or i do like try to people please at the expense of myself mm -hmm. um and like what i need to do or a really common one i've heard is like Oh, I just have no alone time anymore. You know, I started dating this new person or like I took on this job or like I'm doing this new thing in my life and I'm so stressed out. And, you know, you like hear that. And if you're like a healthy person, you're like, you need some alone time. You need to unwind. But if you're a codependent, you like don't even really see that as an option. Like your life's not your own. Exactly. Your life's not your own. And yeah, the boundaries, I think, are maybe the most important thing to really start experiencing one's own life where it's like i have a say in this and it's not it's probably super wrong. uncomfortable at first though to say no to things you're like oh for sure sorry but no yeah that's a big thing in codependence often it's having a hard time saying no or and it's not just the other flip side that i i think i as i was learning more about my own boundaries was i realized since I didn't have, I think with, with boundaries, it's, it's not letting people just run all over you, but it's also not at the same time just having walls up where it's a letting people know like you're kind of, you're, you're pressing into this, you're. Put up a window, not a wall. Yeah. Putting up a window, not Something a wall. Something more flexible, but still a barrier. But it's yeah. still a barrier in a way. It's letting them know, Hey, you've, you crossed the threshold and they're like, Hey, that's not okay. Rather than just going to the extreme of like, this person did this thing. Mm never talking to them again, being super rigid, because that's just like another obsessive thing.
thing with people where it's like trying to control it's either trying to control people with going well I'll just let them do whatever they want and then they'll like me and then since they like me I'm like on their good side versus if I'm trying to control them and saying you can't do this you can't do this around me so I think ultimately it's like it's uh having a desire for healthy relationships and not only respecting your my own boundaries, but other people's boundaries. And that was something I realized later where <laughs> I remember it's like just with uh, one of my friends, we were, in, we were roommates. He's, I'm more of a night owl and he, he uh, is an early riser. And I would come into his room at like 11 o'clock and be like, guess what? And just be super excited and start talking to him about random, whatever I was really on that day. And he's like, I'm trying to go to bed. And it was just something where I realized I was like, I was not respecting his boundary there. I wasn't even, I was just thinking about my own thing. And, but it was since I didn't have respect for my own boundaries, I just didn't have respect for boundaries, period. And yeah. so once I started to establish my own, where it's like, well, I wouldn't like him to come in at 7 a.m. or 6 a.m. and, Eric, guess what? What's going on? <laughs> so got to be able to, um, yeah, have a, have like a respect for, allowing other people to express things that may not be comfortable to hear, especially for a people pleaser. It's like, Ooh, they're not going to like this. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like, we might be at odds on this thing, but that's okay. Like we can still coexist. Two sides of the codependent. It sounds like there's a people pleasing side, which I imagine is just like a really fucking sweet person who's like, Oh, look, can I help you with that? But it sounds like there's a dark side too, where it's like, I don't have boundaries, so I don't understand your boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also mentioned like sometimes codependents think that like they know best. They're like, oh, I'm helping this, you know, in the addiction story, like I'm helping this person that can't help themselves. I'm very needed and important in this situation. Mm-hmm. They would not be able to function without me. Right. And I'm here for it. Like, yeah. This is where I get my self esteem from. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's being aware of, I think to a a lesser or greater extent, we all have certain on some kind of spectrum where certain things we're maybe a little more lenient on and allowing others to, okay, you can do what you want versus, okay, no, I I know better and I'm going to establish things here. And um, it's like the person, it's like kind of like the, directing a play where everyone in the in the movie is the people in that person's life and they're like no you need to you need to act this way like um and it's like no that person can have their own boundaries they can decide things for themselves and and they're gonna make mistakes too and it's not on you and it's not on you yeah. no like you can like wash your hands of that you know and I think that, but I think the codependent is a little scared of that uncertainty within themselves, and then it's also kind of projected onto other people, too. But that can definitely happen. So why do you think recognizing codependent traits would like help relationships with other people, not just like romantic or friends or family, but like all of them? And like, if I conquer my codependency, like, what am I doing differently? It's a great question. I think what what looks different is is like what you were saying it was allowing mistakes and to happen and 
allowing people to be themselves and just trusting that you yourself are enough and also that there's plenty of work to be done on ourselves as it is. And I feel like as I've had a stronger sense of myself then I've been able to give more to people and have a stronger foundation um, rather than running on empty and anytime I get a little bit just giving it away to other people building up more of a strength within myself um, yeah so how someone is if they're quote-unquote conquering their codependency and living different I think in relationships with your bosses in the workplace, there's an understanding of, I think, not taking things as personally. There's an understanding of, it's not about, you know, <laughs> like, oh, I need to bend over backwards for my boss and do everything that they are requiring of me. If they are pushing boundaries or overextending, then being able to say something or stand up for oneself and say, okay, actually, you know, I need this, or if this is going on, I would need this to happen for me to get this thing done that you're asking me. If like one's being asked the impossible at work and going, oh, well, this is what they expect and I'm just going to do it. I think sometimes just asking for help is such a, a hard thing for a codependent because they don't often know what they need. And so I think the biggest thing, if I could sum it up, is just being in tune with what like one needs and wants and how they feel about the world and living accordingly off that. And, and that in itself takes like a shit ton of time, I think, on your own, like thinking about mm -hmm. having good experiences and bad to realize like what you need and what you don't. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. What you said about knowing you were a codependent because you like lived and died by other people's opinion. Like it was all like circumstantial and outside of yourself. Um, reminds me of a book that I read called Happiness by Matthew Ricard. And the whole point is like happiness can't be dependent on other people and outside circumstances because outside circumstances change. You have no control over it. Like it, it needs right. to come from within. It's like a, a state of feeling like within yourself. And also like understanding too, of just like always doing your best, right? Like you're going to have like good days and bad days as a codependent, especially. Um, some days you might not like, trust your own decision making or your feelings or you know you might not trust other people's decision making um but just kind of like re recouping back like like drawing back into yourself and thinking about like what works for me and how can i like live life best for me without hurting others without letting others hurt me mm -hmm. yeah mental zone. mental zone which is really hard to achieve like we're always working on it <laughs> yeah seems like a thing where you can kind of dip into it for a bit and then easily fall out of it. It's yeah. not something that like, oh, after X amount of time, I am now here forever in the Zen zone. Like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's probably super uncomfortable at first, like digging a new neural pathway, right? Like if mm -hmm. everything that you think and do is like a, you're sledding down a snowy hill. And every time you hit that one path that you've been down plenty of times, it just gets like more and more dug in. And so going down a new hill is kind of hard and not as fast and not as slippery. You kind of have to work at like digging a new path for your sled to go down when you could just fall into the one that's like so deeply ingrained within you. Yes. With how you do things and respond to things. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think a lot of people, <laughs> right, when I've had these conversations with people, they're like, oh, 
shit like that's scary because it's like so on the nose and it's like well okay would you rather you know dig those neural pathways where it's difficult and painful but on the other side of that there's healing like through that pain dealing with those things um, or would just let it fester and get worse i mean there's those are the options um, and so I think in our society we want the quick and easy fix you know for some people it's it's a it could be a quick who knows someone could listen to this and say look these things up and go oh and they watch a couple of youtube videos or they read some books and they're like oh okay and then it, it just clicks for them or other people might take years and years but if they're getting to a better place it's worth it even if it's not the sexy like I lost, you know, 30 pounds in 30 <laughs> days, you know, it's not like I'm, I was codependent and I had no boundaries and I only was dating narcissists, but you know, I just said this simple phrase to myself once a day for a month. And now I have six businesses and it's just like, there's, <laughs> I'm my own boss and like, mm, not always like that. Um, but you know, the it's the, definitely a more subtle experience. There's not like glitz and glam to oh, I conquered my codependency. Yeah. And it's one of those things that's probably always like still there, you know, like quietly, like that little child within you is like, I still want to be loved, but mm -hmm. you just like redirect like that need and void to yourself instead of others. Right. Yeah. It's and I think recognizing those patterns and that's that's a huge step. Then when those said that comes up it's much less of oh i don't know what to do it's okay this is happening and so i know for myself i can tell more and more when things are going a certain way or another where i'm maybe feeling like more controlling or more compliant and say okay what's really going on here sometimes just breaking things down and just Getting down to the feelings, right? It's all about those sweet feelings. <laughs> and if I ignore those feelings, it's like they're just gonna compound on each other, they're not going away. It's not like a it's not like a trash compactor or something. Or it's like eventually, you know, if I just keep shoving stuff down the garbage disposal and I don't ever like grind it up or whatever, deal with it, like it's just gonna come right up at me and it's gonna be really nasty. So I know like do I want to deal with what this? A metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> do I want to? Do I want those emotions coming up later like in the worst possible way, or would I rather deal with them now? Yeah, they're uncomfortable now, but oh, they're so uncomfortable. I'll be okay. But I mean, we do, we do. I, I almost see it as like working out. Like it's like working out emotionally, like working out physically. I, you know, if I'm running and I'm like feeling like I can't breathe. Or my muscles are burning, but I keep going. You know that's uncomfortable. But you know if I stop only when it starts to get a little bit uncomfortable, or my shortness of breath starts, I'm not really getting a workout. And I think the same thing with like the emotional uh, working out that goes into this type of work, where okay, this is really uncomfortable, or this brought up something from my childhood I had never really thought about, and um shadow work is exhausting it's super exhausting oh my God, yeah and but the more i've done it it's like building up that strength that 
heart strength, if you will. Yeah, you're working on your emotional muscles. Exactly. Yeah. Stay and it's pumped. like so worth it too. Yeah. If it's you can so like reach a place it. where like the opinions of other people don't really affect you, you know, to some degree in a healthy way, you care what your loved ones think, but but yeah, you're like detached from that like emotional prison prison, which is yeah, being like so intimately tied to how other people are feeling that you don't mm-hmm. fucking care or know how you feel. Yeah, where so. you feel that one thing, and it's like, oh, I can't bear this. Whereas yeah. the mo- the muscles are built up. It's like, this is not fun, but I can bear this. Introspective psychological work. Is... Ooh. Ooh, we should. They should write songs about that. Right. So sexy. <laughs> it's so sexy. Yeah, I've been really working on my psychological practice. <laughs> Thinking about consent. <laughs> Thinking about my intimate alone time yeah which is funny i'm always talking about like counterintuitive shit on my podcast which is like you know with meditation like it's funny that like taking a time to taking time to do nothing would like make you more productive and it's funny like in this codependency conversation that like taking time to figure out like myself would actually enrich my relationships with others Mm -hmm. make them healthier yeah yeah fast backwards fast backwards well do you have anything else to add about um helping the people like we cannot be the only people thinking about this right like codependents are everywhere i would say if if any of this if you're listening to this and anything struck a chord it's just worth checking out and at least knowing about it because it is i think one thing that's unfortunate is that it's something that is not super diagnosed a lot and it might not be oh i'm 100% codependent person and I think that's pretty rare but I think a lot of us to an extent are more or less you know we we live in this world and we're with other people and knowing our knowing our place in the world and our relationships is really important and so I think for like not even just ex- understanding human behavior within oneself but with other people as well it's just I think it's it's one of those things that I think if we were aware of these kind of patterns and behaviors and how common they are, um, there'd be a lot more empathy and understanding of other people. We might not know exactly why um, a coworker is acting this way. Um, maybe it's something from their childhood. Who knows? But I can understand. Okay, I know. Like I can recognize. Like this is what they're doing, and. I can at least not take it personally or I understand like they are hurting. I think that's the big thing is like a lot of us are like hurting from past things and um, we weren't all taught how to deal with them in a healthy way. And so. Um, Why wasn't that a class like in school? It's like codependency and narcissism. Right. How to be introspective about your psychological past. <laughs> I think it'd be great, honestly. Um, even just like a baseline thing taught at a young age. Just so at least people could recognize and understand that. It would help a lot with people's relationships, especially dating like at a young age. It's like, I didn't know what a narcissist was when I was like 18, 19, early 20s. And so recognizing that, whereas if 
people knew about that at a younger age. I think. Would there be less narcissists and codependents if we learned about this sooner? Or like at least self-diagnosed like, hi, my name is Emily and I'm a codependent. <laughs> right. Or at least you know, you can understand where someone is coming from, have more empathy. Or be like, oh, this person isn't good for me. And recognize that and kind of be like, there are, what, 7 billion plus people in the world? I can... <laughs> I think if I say no to this one person, I can say yes to like many other people out there who are potentially healthier. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's something that affects most people to a degree. And so learning about it, I find it, I just find it fascinating, um, especially that it's not really talked about that much. Or I think like with a lot of any kind of mental illness or people, you know, write things off. Well, I'm not like this so therefore because i don't fit every bullet point on the list or something i'm not an alcoholic because i don't you know do this or i don't like people who say oh i i'm not an alcoholic because i don't drink alone like well that's not really like the definition (laughs) but um and i think it's the same thing when i when i was telling people about like my own codependency and they're like but you're not in a relationship with a drug addict so what are you talking (laughs) about it's like well actually it's not just that like that's one aspect of it and so i think if people knew more about that we'd maybe at least be able to give ourselves some grace and understand okay this is where i'm at or i have these these things but no one's perfect and so we can at least like know knowing it is half the battle right and so then we can go from that and um, and knowing about yourself is different than like recognizing it in others so if you can recognize it in yourself you could potentially help a friend who's like exhibiting some toxic codependency where you're like dude you don't need to worry about that like yeah. that's not your concern or this relationship is not good or whatever yeah it's, it's like, not serving you it's taking not, your energy mm-hmm. um, energy right. that you could be giving to something productive or that yourself. makes you feel good. Yeah, yourself. Exactly. Because you deserve it. Because you're worth it. Yes. <laughs> We're all worth it. We're all worth it. Yeah, I feel like we kind of covered it pretty vaguely. Like, like we like tickled the attention of some people if they want to like dive more into their codependency or figuring out like, maybe like you don't even know. Maybe you're just like, this relationship, this friend I have, this romantic thing I'm doing isn't working. I don't know why. Like, yeah. Maybe you're with the codependent and that's why you feel suffocated. Like maybe you are the codependent and that's why you care way too much. Mm. And you just like, you haven't recognized it. So maybe it will help some people. Let's hope. Yeah. yeah. Codependency journey is so fun. Well, thanks for being on, Erin. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for sharing with the people. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week for more Bitterfly. Bitterfly.